Good morning, Central Christian Church. My name is Tiffany Perkins, and I am so honored to share with you today. Thank you to Pastor Tim, the elders, and the staff for this opportunity. It's an honor to be here with you. Happy Mother's Day, and a special shout out to my mother watching online in Florida. I love you tons. So I have loved reading the mom memes for this holiday. Anybody else with me? All right. Well, maybe you can relate to a few. Cleaning your house while your kids are still awake is like brushing your teeth while eating Oreos. Am I right? Yeah. Well, how about this? I love the soothing sound of Legos being dumped on the ground. Said no mom ever. I have a deep love-hate relationship with Legos, especially after COVID, because it's like, yay, one more Lego kit. So I hate them. Anyway, motherhood is an extreme sport. That's why we have to wear workout clothes every day. Am I right, ladies? Those yoga pants calling your name? And how about this? When your mom voice is so loud that even your neighbors brush their teeth and get dressed. Yeah, the mom voice, I have that dialed in. Well, Mother's Day is a beautiful day of appreciation and awareness, and I hope that your home is overflowing with beautiful moments or phone calls. But maybe some of you dread this day. You know, this is a hard day for you. And I just want to say that God sees you, and he knows. And God loves you dearly. Let's pray. God, we ask that you speak to us through your word today. We thank you for this guidebook of life. And on this Mother's Day, Lord, I pray a special blessing on each and every mom and mom-to-be, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for how you are at work, and we ask that you would speak to us. In your precious name we pray, amen. So today, I'm going to be vulnerable, and uh, bear with me as I share a little of my story. Tim and I were so excited expecting our second son, Drake Timothy Perkins. Yeah, this was us at the hospital in Lee Summit, Missouri, in Kansas City. You know, we had a, a relatively uneventful labor and delivery. I remember begging to eat Sonic before getting checked in because I was not one of those moms that went into labor on an empty stomach, especially after my first birth with Cannon and Tim was lounging and eating Subway, Subway while I was doing all the work. Well, within eight hours of my middle son Drake's birth, he was rushed to Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City. He was big and blue, 9.5 pounds, 23.5 inches long, and he fought his way into this world, and it showed. This is uh, the picture of his little blue foot, and then uh, this was the hospital transport. Before we left for Children's Mercy Hospital, the nurses lined the hall and, and cheered us on as, as Drake was wheeled down to the ambulance to take him to Children's Mercy. There, he would be put on machines, and a plan was made with a team of doctors to prepare and perform transposition of the great arteries. Basically, the blood wasn't flowing through his heart to his body. He needed his internal plumbing fixed, and he needed open heart surgery. Maybe some of you joining online today have a child with a heart issue. I'm here for you. We love you. We understand. 
I've never been more scared, desperate, and overwhelmed. He ended up having open heart surgery 10 days after he was born to save his life. We met with a team of incredible doctors and nurses that all played crucial roles in the survival and recovery of our son daily. Daily, we met with an army of these physicians and we simply had to entrust his heart to the experts. You know, and it was during this time that I felt like the Lord impressed on my heart some very real truths that I needed to evaluate. During those initial days when we were faced with the reality that Drake could die any day at any moment, I went to war with God. Can anyone relate? The why. Why is this happening? Why? Why is this happening to me? Why would you give me a son to allow for me to watch him die? It was one of my rants with God when I was praying. It was on loop. And finally, I'll never forget the morning that I felt like I heard that still small voice as he challenged me and said, are you going to love me when things are good and when things are bad? It was such a wake-up call for my easy Christian country club Christianity. Is my love for God conditional or steadfast? You know, I'll love God if everything is working out for me. My kids are happy. My job is good. I have the finances to control my comfort. I'm happy. Or do I love God no matter what? Well, today, I want us to explore our hearts. What is the condition of our hearts? Do we entrust the most precious things in our lives to God? Entrust is defined as to assign the responsibility for doing something to someone, to put something into someone's care or protection. It's a verb. It, action is required. If we are to entrust the most precious things in our lives to God, we have to have a complete heart report. Run an EKG, get the ultrasound. We need to do some heart research and recon. And what does the Bible teach us about trusting God? And lastly, the heart of the matter is that we have to trust our heart to the expert. So our first point for today is our heart report. We have to run a diagnostic test. You know, it's amazing what surgeons can do. The heart of a newborn baby is the size of a walnut. The diameter of the right and left coronary artery is about one millimeter in newborns. So for the procedure that Drake needed, there was an entire team of doctors and nurses from his anesthesiologist uh, to his nurse that just kept track of his body temperature, all to assess his condition. In the same way, to understand the condition of our heart, we have to run a report. What has control over your life? A question for us to think about this Mother's Day. Proverbs 27, 19 says, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. I think evidence of what is in our heart is expressed in our lifestyle choices, good and bad. 
Proverbs 4.23 says this, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Paul, in a dark dungeon, in pain, writes a final letter to Timothy, warning him and us against the type of people to avoid becoming. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 says this, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people." I think Paul gives us a great list for us to weigh out in our hearts and our mind. Have I been ungrateful? Have I been a lover of money? Have I been a a lover of pleasure rather than a lover of God? Right? After, After we've identified our blind spots, these idols in our lives, those things in our life that are precious, that we want to desperately control, You know, you can have my whole life, God, but you can't have this. This is mine. These children are mine. This house is mine. This job I earned. Titus 2, 11 through 14 says this. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It's by the grace of God that we have hope. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live life self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good that we would be a type of people eager to do what is good. We have to evaluate the condition of our heart. Our heart report, our heart report may or may not reflect a condition that shows that we are eager to do what is good in the eyes of Jesus Christ, our Savior. You know, a heart filled with the things of God chooses to live a lifestyle that entrusts all things to God we have to do some research to make sure we understand what that type of likes looks like. And we have to learn how to do that. So our second point for today is heart research. Drake's heart condition, TGA, if it's left untreated, over 50% of infants will die in the first month of life, 90% in the first year. On May 8th in 1975, the first successful arterial switch operation was done on a 40-day-old male infant. The surgery was his only chance for life. And I think we can relate to that spiritually today. We can't neglect the condition of our heart. The risks are too high. After we've explored our heart and know what issues we need to address, let's lean in and look to scripture as our guidebook for life and do the work for course correction. So today, I'm going to shout out to some of the ladies in the Bible that trusted God in their lives. I'm going to give you the TPSV, Tiffany Perkins, standard version. So fact check me and look up these women in the Bible later this week. Our first one is Esther. Esther. 
She fearlessly trusted God. She would risk her life to do the will of God. So in my mind, I see Esther looking a little bit like J-Lo, right? But she's Esther from the block. You know, she's this beautiful, exotic queen, and she goes before her king, and one of her famous lines before him is, if I perish, I perish, but I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna stand up for the Jewish people in the region of Persia, and they're rescued because she steps out in faith, because of her courage to do the will of God. The second lady, the poor widow, she trusted God with her resources. Luke 21, one through 42. She gave out of her meager resources because she trusted God with her wealth, all that she had. Jesus, he sees her in the temple. He calls her out. While other people are displaying their wealth for the Lord, she quietly and covertly gives all that she has. Deborah. Deborah courageously trusted God in her job. Judges 4, 4 through 9. She was called to a leadership position with her spiritual authority. Her circle of influence as a prophetess during the time of the judges. God spoke to Deborah and her influence on generals determined the trajectory of the Israelites' success at war. Talk about a powerful, trusting position that she's in. The Samaritan woman. She trusted God to forgive her of her past and to give her a new beginning in John 4, 10 through 18 and John 4, 28 through 30. She encounters Jesus at a well. He calls her out on all her sin and how she was living. After having this power encounter with Jesus, her heart is radically changed because she meets Jesus and has this encounter with the living water. And then she couldn't wait to share this good news that she's been given. And she goes on mission. She goes to her hometown and declares the good news that Jesus is here and her town comes to know the Lord. She goes on mission and is forgiven because of her past. She trusted God to forgive her. Hannah. Hannah trusted God with her most precious gift. She was a prayer warrior. She begged God to have children, and finally she did. And then ultimately, when her child was still little, she trusted God by dedicating her son to the work of ministry in the temple. So you see this in 1 Samuel 1, 1 through 3. And then I love this prayer, Hannah's prayer. 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 3 says this. Hannah declares this to the Lord. My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies. For I delight in your deliverance. There is no, no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows and by him deeds are weighed. These ladies and so many others in the Bible help show us how to trust God. But we finally come to the point in our message where we wanna talk about the procedure. We've done the heart report. We've researched the best approach. We've leaned into scripture. We've done our recon work. And it's time to release control to the expert. Drake's heart surgery took seven hours. It was on November 14, November 14th, 2013. He had 18 staples and a special skin glue. 
He was in PICU for five days. I was absolutely useless. We entrusted the care of our son to the experts that knew what his physical body needed. And we prayed. It was so humbling as a parent to be reminded of the fragile reality of humanity, utter dependence on God, not to mention that mental and emotional yo-yo. For me and my story, it was pivotal in my relationship with God. It was then that I chose to have a faith and a belief in the Lord that would be steadfast. You know, at the time, I didn't know how Drake's story would turn out. And I daily had to to surrender my control and trust God. And trust God that he knows best. To know that he knows best is to know the heart of him that loves us. So when things go bad, I can still be steadfast. Jesus didn't promise us that our life would be safe. We have to surrender. John 16, says this as a reminder, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Take heart. We can entrust what's most precious to us in this life because we have taken hold of him who is most precious for not only this life, but for eternity. So how do I continually do that? How do I practically do that? We have to lean in. We have to know the heart of the one we trust. We have to know God. We have to read our Bible. We have to pray. We have to seek wise counsel. It's that daily surrender, the warfare of the mind that we can't let the world feed our insecurities and distract us from this all-powerful, all-knowing God who came to this earth to rescue us. Proverbs 35, five through, six, five through six reminds us and says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Psalms 119.11 says this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When we keep his word in, in our heart, we won't sin against him. We can do a better job in facing whatever circumstance happens in this world. Hebrews 11:6 says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. He wants to reward you, draw near to him. Your life won't change unless your thinking does. You know, our thinking changes when we intentionally spend time with God. Maybe our anthem or our reminder this Mother's Day can be found in Psalm 31:14. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. What a powerful declaration for our hearts to embrace. I can live entrusting my life and those that are the most precious to me to the heart of the one who loves us. 
In closing, Drake, our little miracle heart baby, is seven. His life is a testament to the powerful work of God. Yearly, we see the pediatric heart doctor to make sure there isn't leakage and that the switch looks good in his heart. We had a great report this year. His heart condition is considered a fixed heart condition, but we have to monitor it for preventative purposes and to make sure that he's healthy. And I think today, this Mother's Day, in the same way, let's do a heart report. Let's research, research and do recon for what needs to be addressed in our life. And lastly, let's continue to trust our life to the expert, that you would be steadfast. Now I know some of you watching online, your story didn't end how you thought it should. You lost that which was precious to you, the family member, the job, the life you envisioned. But you can hold on to this promise from God in Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Grow strong, stay steadfast, and embrace the beautiful life that God has for you. Let's pray. God, you see everyone today, Lord. You see their hearts. God, we ask that you would help us to, to evaluate the condition of our heart, to, to do the research and the recon of things that need to be addressed, Lord, and to look to your word for how we can recover, God, how we can process that surgery to have things removed or corrected, Jesus. Help us to be Christians, Lord, that, that are steadfast and faithful even through the storms, God, that we would be anchored, Lord. We thank you, God, for how you're at work. Be with every person watching online today. In your precious name we pray, amen.